0: Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Components. I'm Ren, product marketer at Hereto and your podcast MC. I'm
1: Patrick, CEO here at Hereto. And I'm Jared, lead solutions consultant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly conversation about componentized and structured content. Hope you enjoy this 15 or so minutes of fun talking about everything from data to innovations in AI. All right, let's get into it. Hey there, welcome to Components. I'm your host, Patrick Posick. This is a single topic podcast that discusses modern content strategy using structured and componentized content. Just like component content, each episode is short and about one thing. All right, let's get to it. Hey everyone, Jared
0: here, I'm with Patrick and Tim, and in this episode, we're going to talk about defining technical writing
1: versus information development. Hope you enjoy. I mean, literally, if you go and you, you fill out a, a readme file on a project in GitHub, like that's technical writing, right? You're writing about something technical, you're providing instructions, yep. but that's not necessarily information development yep. because you're not incorporating that aspect of, of information architecture. Right. The information architecture component, not necessarily designing and, and creating information architecture, but um, smartly adhering to information architecture and applying the business goals that are embedded in the information architecture is a big part of what moves someone towards doing information development um so i th- I think that that's that's a shift that I've wanted to see in you know the general um you know technical communications industry for a long time
0: yeah and I'm not sure that I think part of that shift is is really um explaining and and also defending the distinction between tech writer and information developer and I think there are probably people um well they just don't understand that there is in fact a difference to those things an information developer has an extra set of skills which is precisely to understand how to how to create new information out of existing pieces really it's the recombination aspect you know it's exactly what we're talking about filtering content or taking existing pieces of content and then putting it together in such a way that you can deliver New content to somebody,
1: and you know, I think I would add something else to that too. I would say that that information developers um, have a need to work more collaboratively than what would traditionally be a technical writer's assignment. So you think about how technical writers traditionally create content: is you'd have a technical writer own a piece of content. This would be their book or mm-hmm. their manual or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was very much like. A, a craftsman mentality to it. Yeah. So, you know, they had this piece of content. This is what they were responsible for. Like they owned this manual. Um, and the, I think that there's an aspect of becoming like a deep subject matter expert in that particular area too. Um, and in some ways that goes away a little bit, I think with information developers where information developers from what I've seen throughout my career tend to be people who work much more in teams. Yeah. And they are... Collaboratively building content because those pieces are going to be reused amongst different publications, uh, different manuals, different outputs, different you know intentions and things like that. So you can't have this like this is my content, this is your content um, situation anymore. It must be a much more collaborative development activity.
0: So it's kind of funny that you say that. I, I agree one hundred percent, and I'm I see that in new implementations of our system. When I start working with a new team who comes from, they are tech writers and they come from unstructured environments and some of them even structured environments, but they still have that mentality of you're a tech writer. This is your document. And in in some ways, it's a healthy thing to see, see a person or even, you know, a couple of people take ownership over a particular document because it means they care about that thing and they're going to try to do good work on it. But that's a problem in a single source system that with the intention of reusing content, you can't be, and it's not your document anymore. You work on all the documents or you might work on some subset of those documents, but those aren't yours anymore because other people are gonna be using them too. And you've got to remember that. And the writing has to shift then. You don't lose creativity. That's one thing I, I, I have worked with teams on before. You're not losing the creative aspect in this. You have to be more creative. You have to be more creative because you have to make this, you have to make every sentence you write work for more than one audience. And you have to think about it and plan for it that way. And that takes more creativity to pull off.
1: Yeah, I think it certainly does. And, you know, I think the, you know, I think it's, it, this shift isn't, in a lot of ways, isn't a good or a bad thing. You know, I think that it's, well, I mean, I, th- I think that there's, there are aspects of it which are certainly good. But I think uh, on a broader scale, it's kind of a necessity, right? Yeah. So it's, You know, it's going from a place where it was possible to be, you know, kind of uh, monolithic in the way that things were done when you had a single output, like when it was a book or a PDF or something like that, you know, that was a much, that was more realistic. Um, But, you know, at a modern velocity where there's so many different, you know, channels, there's so many, there's probably more product variations, you know, as you see more personalization of products, you have to have more personalization of content to back them up, right? So if, if your customer can get a product in a different variation, they need to be able to get your content in a different variation. And there's no way for an individual to manage that anymore. It has to go to a team. It has to go from being an individual to a team sport. Yeah. So you, I think that there's there's a whole set of skills there that you know need to be recognized because it's not fair to people to expect someone to go and take um, the skills they've had in, in just tech writing and apply those directly to the the activity, which is information development. So I, I think that you know making that shift is is a really important part of um, of going to a you know a, a really single source collaborative, um, structured environment that is that's able to effectively reuse content at a very high level between audiences, situations, contexts, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like what you said about
0: how it's it's not really good or bad. I mean, I don't think this approach is for everyone. Not everyone needs it. Um, I think a lot of people could benefit from it that aren't using it, that don't operate this way as information developers in a single source environment. But I think there are some cases in which, you know, it this is a pragmatic thing. Like, does it benefit you? And is this good for you? This isn't like a, we're not going to be idealistic here. I'm not idealistic about this. Um, what are your ends? What are your goals that you need to achieve? All right, what's the best solution for that? And I think in a lot of cases this is a really good solution, but it's not. It's also not for everyone.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think that it's it is certainly a an environment that is a you know it's it's used to accomplish a goal, and not everybody has that requirement that that set of requirements. Yeah. Um, although I think there's probably a lot more people that have it than know they have it. I, I agree. You know, I think about like you know, if, so if we were building our software and it did something other than this. <laughs> Um, You know, would we know about it at the size of organization we are? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And we probably wouldn't. Right. So, like, what do you think we'd be doing to produce this content? We'd probably be using. I don't know, a wiki, I guess. Yeah, probably. Or maybe Google Docs or something. And. It's just it'd be so much more work. Yeah. Like, think about how much content (laughs) we put out with the amount of resources we have devoted to it. Yeah. It's, it's astonishing. It is. And it's because you can reuse a ton of it.
0: Yeah, I think that, Also, I what I think would be a, a really interesting future is, okay, look, there are probably more people out there that need this than know it. And what if people could create these things without realizing it yet? Like, what if there was, a, what if the system was so good that you had a couple of administrators who could set things up and do the work they needed to do. And you still have people writing with the idea that there are there can be multiple audiences who are going to consume this. Let's just leave it at that. It's that simple. I'm a writer. I know that there need to be multiple audiences to this. Could it be the case that there is a system that's so good that it gets the content ready for multiple audiences without the writers really fully recognizing what's going on behind the scenes? It's a great question. If you could do that, if you could do that, then writers wouldn't need to know that their content is ready for all of this, but it is, and with the right, you know, right uh, switch the you know flip the right switches, then it's ready to go for all these audiences. If you could pull it off, it would be amazing.
1: So I think that there's ways to get closer to that. Um, you know, I think that there's there's UIs that you can Implement, but I don't know if you're ever going to get to the place where you you don't realize that you're creating audience-specific content. Uh, I think you can make the process of creating audience-specific content very simple, and I think you can also create make the process of creating structured content very simple. But I don't think you can create you can make the process of creating structured audience-specific content that will um, without knowing that you're doing that. Like I don't think you can. I don't think that you can like. Um, I don't think you can remove the knowledge that that is the thing you are doing and still, and still be able to do it.
0: Yeah, I, maybe I shouldn't have said it quite like not know that you're doing it. But if you could, I, I mean, really what I'm doing is I'm suggesting that writers be creating structured content that's ready for this and still have no idea that that's what they're doing, that they're actually creating structured content. So for every sentence you write or every, you know, every sentence you write is in a paragraph element. And then it takes minimal effort to then go and add what you need to, to make that audience specific. But such that are, you know.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think, I think that, I think that's, that's probably yeah,
0: achievable. Yeah. Okay.
1: All right, guys, I need to get back to work. Uh, You're working. You're working. Yeah. We we need to stop having fun and get back to work. Um, <laughs> I think what I've learned from this is that
0: conditionalization can open up a whole bunch of other things that people are going to realize about their content and processes.
1: I think that is probably true. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that's that's accurate. I think that's accurate.
1: You know, just sit here and spitfire.
0: We're okay. We're okay shooting the shit. Can we swear? Can we swear in this podcast? Because that would be really fun.
1: I, I think only in the case where like, you really need it for the emphasis.
0: Well, shit. I need to do it all the
1: time. Maybe PG-13s. I don't know. <laughs> At PG-13 you get one shit per episode. (laughs)